0: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to the paperweight entertainment podcast your home for all things marvel dc star wars and so much more join derek trent and ian as they tell tales to astonish along this journey into mystery so grab some snacks and settle in because paperweight entertainment starts now hello everybody and welcome back to the paperweight entertainment podcast i am your host derek hoskins and tonight We are going to be reviewing Ghostbusters Afterlife. With me this evening is the lovely, the talented, the one and only Mr. Ian Torrance. Ian, how you doing?
1: I am exhausted.
0: (laughs) It is currently 1 a.m. We just finished watching this movie. All of us have to work in the morning, so hopefully we can get through this without getting too uh, bored, tired, or just kind of weird. Uh, also joining us, longtime friend of the podcast and intrepid film reviewer, Mr. Ian Wells is back. Ian, how's it going?
2: Pretty good, Derek. Happy to be here as always.
0: Like that's the most enthusiastic. Why is he more enthused ever. at 1 a.m.? Yeah, that
1: is immediately what I thought too. <laughs> because I had a nap. <laughs> yeah, during the movie. We'll get a into nap that. during the yeah,
0: we'll get into that. Also joining us from the Horror You Know podcast, filmmaker, film teacher film guru i keep coming up with new things to say about you every time you're on the podcast mr darren means darren how's it going doing great buddy how you doing doing good we're all, doing we're good. all very sleepy all right uh we're yep. gonna jump into this if anybody hasn't uh hasn't listened to our reviews before we'll do a quick non-spoiler uh thoughts on the movie and then we'll jump into full spoilers and give you a clear delineation between those two things so nobody gets confused So. Uh, To start us off, first, before we get into it, I want to say a very, very happy birthday to our own Mr. Ian Torrance. So, Ian, happy birthday. We love you. We couldn't do this without you.
1: I appreciate that. I just want you guys to know uh, I'm going to celebrate this birthday by taking the fattest sleep you've ever seen in your entire life. That's actually not true. Uh, I probably sleep like shit, Uh, like every other night, you know my birthday
0: yay yay happy birthday don't look adult. a day over 42.
1: what was that darren
0: you
3: don't look a day over 42 you're looking really good buddy
1: <laughs> i appreciate that i appreciate that i'm gonna blame the bag 42 He looks
2: like at least 30 or 40 days over 42. <laughs>
1: I'm going to say the bags under my eyes are due to not being able to sleep tonight.
0: Yeah, that's fine. All right. Well, birthday boy, why don't you uh, lead us off? What were your quick non-spoiler thoughts on uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife? Non-spoiler thoughts, or am I just jumping into the rating? Non-spoiler thoughts. Then we'll do a rating. Then we'll do spoilers. We I'm literally chomping. we chomping. just went over this. I'm
1: jumping. I, yeah, I was kind of hope- <laughs> I was kind of hoping I could bypass it and go straight to the rating. <laughs> but you caught me. I did catch me. It. You caught me. Well, there, good.
2: He probably went home and sipped some of his birthday cake vodka. So you have to work I, with him. Just oh a little
1: bit. my god, I wish I had some of that right now. Uh, non spoiler <laughs> thoughts. Um, I really liked it. It was oh, good. Oh my god. <laughs> that was my Ian Wells so, Uh yeah, it was not I, good. I, I, I uh, know. Yeah, I, I, I could do better i uh i I liked it i i think that it's getting kind of a like you said earlier lukewarm response i uh i agree with that but i i don't like i i don't know if it was just the nostalgia of it or what but i love the original i feel like i'm one of the few people that really like the second one as well just as much almost but uh obviously the first one's better but um I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this man. I, I thought it was uh it was a worthy sequel and there were things obviously I, I wish were done different that I would have changed and whatever, but you know what movie isn't like that. But uh, uh, overall, um I was I was I was happy I was happy with it.
0: That's fair. Darren, what are your non spoiler thoughts, buddy?
1: Uh it got
3: me in the feels. Um it took me Back to the little 11-year-old boy that watched it in the summer Um, when it came out. I watched it a double bill, that, and Turk 182, which I don't know why that wasn't a big hit. (laughs) But I love Ghostbusters. I'm with Ian Torrance. I thought Ghostbusters was great. Um, I really enjoyed the second one as well, and I think they redeemed themselves from the 2016 film. I just don't think that quite lived up to it. And this and I brought me back, so
0: yeah, awesome. Ian Wells, non-spoiler thoughts.
2: Oh uh, well, um, what was the runtime on this movie? It was just at two hours. Okay. Well, I think I saw maybe thirty minutes of that.
0: Thirty but minutes? You know? That's not a nap. You just slept. That wasn't. You didn't take a nap through it. You slept through the whole movie. I want
2: people to know I didn't fall asleep because I wasn't enjoying it. I fell asleep because I wake up at the butt cracker of dawn for work and I couldn't hang in there tonight. But what I saw of it, I really enjoyed and I can't wait to watch it again. What, uh,
1: didn't, what didn't you nap when you got home?
2: I didn't know I was coming to watch Ghostbusters tonight. Not till 7
1: o'clock. That's fair.
0: That's <laughs> that's fair. All right, but, well, you're uh, going to find out a lot about the movie when we get to the spoiler section, so it works out. I'm ready to learn something.
2: <laughs> but, you know, even, even the little bit that I did see, I saw um, where she was learning the the sidecar or whatever. That was probably, what, like 25 minutes into it? Uh, I think it was about 14.
0: The sidecar yeah. bit that you saw yeah. in the trailers <laughs> that, was, that was like 45 minutes into the movie, man. Oh, well, maybe I saw a little bit more than I thought. <laughs>
1: But were know. you but were you awake before you got to the sidecar part?
2: I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we'll just like all
1: I know is when I sat down, there are previews going on. When I opened my eyes again, <laughs> she was sitting in the sidecar.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know that what I saw just sent me in the nostalgia fills and if, if you're a Ghostbuster fans, you should enjoy this movie. Well
1: yeah, because you probably thought you were dreaming. <laughs>
0: maybe i was all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna round us off here and i agree with what everybody said except for ian wells because i was able to stay awake through the entire thing uh this was very nostalgic a lot of member berries in this um and a lot of uh a lot of great little easter eggs and references to call back for fans um everything that you kind of want in a sequel that is so long in the making you know they were trying to make this movie for a very very long time and like ian torrance said i'm not really sure why the lukewarm lukewarm reception from critics on this one maybe they just had some expectations going into it but i i thought this was a really worthy sequel and i uh, i enjoyed it greatly so uh, we'll uh, we'll give a quick numeric value to this out of 10 a rating and then we'll do our uh, spoilers. I'll start us off and say that out of, out of 10, I'm going to give this uh, an 8, a solid 8. I really I really enjoyed it. Uh, Darren, what about uh, what about you, out of 10?
3: I would give it an 8.5 to a 9 in that range.
0: Ian Wells, if you can, from what you saw, what would you rate it?
2: Uh, I think an 8 is fair. Ian Torrance? I'm going
1: to give it a 7.
0: Hey, that's better than I expected with that look on your face. I thought you were going to go real low and throw us off. Not even a 7.9? You've changed, man.
1: No, nah, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write an 8. I thought Ian was going to – what did Ian rank it? He's yeah. Eight? Is that what you well, said? I said an
2: eight. An 8 was fair from what I saw.
1: Yeah, eight. Eight for each minute of it, he actually saw. <laughs> <laughs> Point for every minute.
2: <laughs> hey, that should say something, though. I enjoyed those eight minutes
0: i'm glad you enjoyed what you saw but we'll talk more about it all right so this is uh this is your your spoiler warning from here on out if you haven't seen the movie yet which you probably haven't if this comes up on uh, the day we're recording it because it opened on thursday night so uh if you haven't seen it yet go check it out come back and uh and listen to what we have to say um so again from here on out full spoilers uh, I want to start off by saying that I really, really liked the the main character in this. I believe her name is McKenna Grace, the actress. I thought that she really for a young yes. actress carried this movie without a problem i was uh, I was really impressed with the acting in general. I thought that they did a great job for what they were required. You know the other characters didn't have as much to do as she did um she really did carry the weight of it, but I thought that she was she was great so she was. My favorite character in this in this movie, which she's kind of supposed to be. So I just want to go and say, uh, you know, who who was your favorite character in this? Because if, if Ghostbusters wise, I feel like everybody's got a favorite character. So for this new generation, Darren, who was your favorite uh, favorite person to watch in this? Uh,
3: I would say she she was a very big surprise to me. I, I would say her. I followed closely by her little little buddy uh, podcast so i think those two worked well together um i was very disappointed in finn Wolfhard, and i just don't think maybe he had enough to say or do in the film uh because i I felt like his character just wasn't fleshed out Mm -hmm. the uh little love story between him and that girl didn't seem that real and then uh other people, I think, that were around them, the teenagers that they went out to the hole with, I think there should have been more of a story there with those kids, and it could have had more of a Goonies-type feel, but I guess it's being picky. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Ian Wells, from what you saw of it, did you have a favorite character? Yes. Ant-Man was my favorite character. Ant-Man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told no you problem. he was
1: asleep. He fell asleep and was watching a whole another movie.
0: <laughs> you talking about People magazine sexiest man alive, Paul Rudd. Damn right at fifty-five.
2: <laughs> yeah. He was cracking me up though. He uh I think he stole the movie from what I
1: saw. Ian Torrance. I uh I agree with uh everybody. Look, McKenna Grace, man, has been great in everything I've seen her in, which has been uh obviously this, but uh she was in she was in malignant. Not a lot, but she was in Malignant. She was. She was. She was, uh, whatever the main character's name was. It was the younger version of her. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. She was in that. She was in, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I don't know if you guys have ever watched that. She was in, yep. uh, Haunting of Hill House. Um, hmm. she was, uh, in Annabelle Comes Home as Judy Warren. Um, she's, she's been in a few things and, um, I I think I thought she was great and everything. She was in that movie Troop Zero that I never saw, but from the previews, like she looked like entertaining in the previews. So, uh, I I yeah I I thought she was great. I agreed on the on the fin on the part. Man, he just kind of seemed like he was the driver, and uh, and the love story didn't really like. I didn't think it was that strong because it just it just seemed awkward and forced, and I didn't really care. Not to be shitty, it's just. Was just like, uh eh, well, what's going on here?
0: Yeah, so I agree don't... with that. I agree with that too. When you when you said that, one of the things that you brought up while we were at the uh, at the theater before we left, Darren, was that um, it, it was a little quick once they once the plot started happening with the characters, kind of mm-hmm. picking up on on how everything was working out, uh, like how how everything worked, all the buttons, all the gizmos, everything. And uh, and I think that that was one of the few downfalls of this movie that they wanted to focus so hard on McKenna Grace's character that they kind of pushed everybody else to the side. And like you said, I think if they have given Finn Wolfhard a little more to do, I think he's a fantastic actor and he did fine for what he had. He just didn't have a lot to do. And I think that I, I, I agree with you that if they would have fleshed out him and the uh, I, like, I can't even remember the girlfriend's name. Lucky, maybe or something to that effect. If they would have done a little more with that, and that I, friend I group, that, that, I think that probably could have, uh, could have elevated it a little more. Um, I mean, there thing- was even
3: a character, ahead. sorry, there was even a, a character I noticed in the background of that group. And I don't know if you've ever watched on Hulu. There's a series called reservation dogs. Mm-hmm. She is actually one of the main characters in that show. And I'm like thinking she had zero lines in this movie. So it's like, I don't know. I just I felt like they could have done way more with that crew there. The I mean, even the the cop had one one liner and you right. never saw him again. So I mean, there's just like little things like that, just a little bit. I it's, I think I probably gave the score a little higher than I should have just because of the nostalgia of it. But I mean, there's obvious mistakes.
2: So
0: I think that might be because of the director. Like if you look at Jason Reitman's previous films like it, it that reminds me especially of like juno where in mm-hmm. juno there were there were some people that like rain wilson pops up for one scene in juno as a like a convenience store clerk and has like a, an interaction with the main character that you think oh well maybe he'll be in this more in one scene and yep. through a lot of his movies i think that's something that he does as a filmmaker that is maybe one of his weaknesses as opposed to his strengths. Cause I think that he's a great filmmaker. This movie was beautiful. I'm not going to lie. I thought that there were uh, the, the tone of this felt like a ghostbusters movie, but it didn't look like a ghostbusters movie. Now, granted it's because it's 30 years later, but I, uh, I I really, I think that they, um, the, the direction in this was really good aside from some of the character beats, which I don't know if that's a direction thing so much as a, a screenwriting or script issue.
2: So, McKenna <laughs> Grace—that's her name, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Long awkward silence, name, broken
0: up by Ian Wells. Thank you, man. What? No problem. Her character's <laughs> name was Phoebe, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I really enjoyed her. I, I loved her sense of
0: humor in the movie. But uh, yeah, her jokes were great. Every one of her jokes I loved. I want to learn all of them. Was just so cool. I hope
2: you don't. No joke.
0: <laughs> What'd you say, Darren? Ian said something the same time you did. I said, Ian Wells only heard
3: one joke. Let's be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she told one of my favorite jokes, though. I've actually, the, the what do you call a fish with no eyes? That's one I've told forever. I've been telling that joke for years. That's yeah, a great dad yeah. joke. I, said it you. I, I did. I said
3: it. Behind you. <laughs> He knows these dad jokes already.
0: (laughs) Does this
1: mean now that it's in the movie, you can't say them anymore?
0: No, I'll still say them. Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, what do you call a fish with no eyes? That's a great joke. You know, that's a good joke. Shame on you. Everyone, no one can see this. Everyone's just shaking their heads at me. (laughs) They can feel it. All right, so um I, I don't think we're gonna have as many criticisms, so I want to get any of those out of the way real quick. My my biggest gripe other than some of the some of the character characterization problems with the side characters was the over reliance on CGI at the beginning of the film. Um I was getting very concerned about that because the one that I mentioned right out, out of the screening after we watched it was when finn wolfhart's character finally takes the ecto one out and he's driving around through the through the like the wheat and through the weeds it's clearly just a cgi car going through cgi weeds like it they didn't try to hide it the the it it was really noticeable cgi and so i was really concerned that it was going to be that way throughout the movie so i think that there were some some of those shots that seemed like they didn't need to be computer generated and um and it actually kind of pulled me out a little bit. Like CG doesn't always pull me out of a movie, but for some reason that one really did. Have you ever
1: know. tried to drive your car through a wheat field, Derek? No, it's 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 not fun. It looked fun. <laughs> I've never done it. It looked very <laughs> fun.
0: I don't know
2: what you're talking about. I was but starting it, to get pretty sleepy around that moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for the fourth
1: time. For the fourth time, he means. <laughs> I do remember
2: thinking that can't be good for your car.
1: <laughs> He's like, oh my God. Is he driving through like tall weed That can't be good for you. <laughs> <sighs> yeah,
0: that was pretty much the story. Did it bother anybody else or am I alone with the with the CG?
3: I noticed uh, it right away, but like it doesn't bother me as much. I guess because I am so used to seeing ki- like that kind of crap in movies now. Um, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I mean, I
1: don't care that it's CG. It just. Are you saying you just thought it was poorly done CG? Is that
0: what I, you mean? I thought it. I thought it stuck out really badly. Especially the reason why I say at the beginning is because there was a lot of practical effects later on. Like we were <laughs> we were talking about earlier, um, when we first came out of the movie, the the devil dogs, the the hell beasts, whatever they are. The keymaster and the gatekeeper, um, they were practical for a lot of it. Not always, but they, they mixed practical with CG. And so that scene of a car just driving through a field, I thought, seemed like it stuck out like a sore thumb. I don't know. Maybe I'm being nitpicky here.
1: I think maybe I didn't notice it as much because I, I had time to prepare for it because of uh, every teaser and every preview
0: had that scene in it. Yeah. I guess I didn't yeah. pay that much attention to the previews.
3: I, I kind of hate the fact, though, that they've – I know CG's just kind of the way things are now, and it's kind of cheaper than, like, getting stunt people out and doing the same thing. But I I hate the fact that we're a society that always talks about jobs, and then they take these creative jobs away from people and put them in the hands of people that have – I mean, they're they're just – computer guys coming up with stuff now i know you can't do everything practical but I, I just i like when they mix practical in more than they mix in cg so to me it makes the cg look cooler right you know movies that are like predominantly cg i i tend to find more boring i don't know why
0: yeah, i'll even old, i'll know. even see like we you've had criticisms of the mcu Darren and one thing that that bothers me and that has for the last I don't know probably about midway through like the Infinity Saga they started leaning more heavily on CG Mm -hmm. and it started to get more and more jarring like by the time Endgame came around Avengers Endgame even though I love that movie it was fantastic some of the some of the CG was like, did they really have to do that? But with this, the, the reason what, like what you were saying, that was a job that could have been a stunt performer in a car. Like, you're telling me you can't make... They, they've got incredible prop masters. They can't make an Ecto-1 to just... Yeah. And just throw that on the frame of a car and send it out into a field? And
2: the only reason I could think that they would have done that completely CG is uh, the kind of car that is, the way it sits so low. Like, it might not have been practical to actually do that with the car like that. I think it would actually have been bad for the car. Well,
0: that's why I said just throw it on the frame. Just yeah, I don't know. It, Duke's of hazard was able to destroy a lot of real cars. They could have destroyed one fake one for this. I don't know. I like I said, I'm being nitpicky. We'll move on. We'll move on. Um, was that Olivia Wilde playing Gozer? I thought it was. It looked like her. I didn't um, see her name in the end though i didn't either i didn't see I was expecting- anybody credited as gozer i didn't either i was curious what they were going to do with gozer like i knew they weren't going to get that same woman back but she looked she looked the part whoever if it yeah. wasn't her it looked like olivia olivia Wilde.
3: now i do have to say i was thinking the original was hotter <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know
3: why it was like the original gozer looks hotter but this gozer was pretty hot too. So. Is that <laughs> like, is that, is that weird?
0: <laughs> no, that's not weird. That's not weird at all. Go- I always thought gozer was hot too. That was one of those ones when I saw Ghostbusters when I was when I was younger that I was very confused by the feelings I was getting by watching this like yeah. <laughs> this evil goddess just <laughs> attacking the Ghostbuster. Um, you were like, get him, girl. <laughs> get him. Get him. You get him. <clears throat> Excuse me. I liked also the uh, the setting because the last every Ghostbuster we've had we've had in a in New York, and so I really liked this New random officer? out in the middle of nowhere kind of setting. And I love that Egon was just known as the dirt farmer.
3: Yeah, soundtrack too. I'm gonna throw that in. I I was digging the soundtrack until so they went to totally. You know, synth, score at the end. All of the songs that led up to it, great soundtrack. I, I was just thinking this writing kid, uh, and he's not a kid, obviously, but <laughs> yeah, he's he's got a sensibility about that. And it almost seemed, even though it was like out in the middle of nowhere, it almost seems like really thick 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Even though that wasn't the time period, obviously. I mean, it just had that feel to it with the music and everything and the, the restaurant and stuff like
0: that. Yeah, it did. And the, the music, the callbacks and all the music, like mm-hmm. the uh, the opening credits, the it, it seemed like every single every piece of music had at least part of a cue from the original Ghostbuster soundtrack. Even if it wasn't aping the entire thing, there was at least little bits and pieces taken out. And I thought that that was really great. I, I had a smile on my face every time that they had an, an establishing shot. That had a piece of music from the Ghostbusters from the original yeah. Ghostbusters. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That was that was excellent. And by the way, I don't think we mentioned it. Jason Reitman, for anybody that is unaware, is the son of Ivan Reitman, who obviously, you know, co-created the Ghostbusters, directed the first two. Um, so I thought that was neat that he got a chance to do it. And I think he did a, an admirable job of updating the Ghostbusters. This is Darren, you mentioned the uh the 2016 Ghostbusters movie. And I think that the reason why that failed is that they tried to do a spinoff or a reboot instead of just making a, a straight sequel. And that's why I think that this one succeeds where that failed because all the callbacks and the Easter eggs make sense because it's a sequel. You know, you don't just have Dan Aykroyd and, and Bill Murray just showing up for no reason playing completely different characters when they show up in this movie they're the Ghostbusters and yeah. they are and they were believable versions of like the old they're believably the old versions like Peter vankman, old man Peter Venkman exactly what I would expect old man Peter vankman to be like him flirting with Gozer at the end was excellent I had just uh, grinning ear to ear from the minute that they popped up on screen
1: I just looked it up it is Olivia Wilde good call nice I thought it was I didn't think it was her there was a lot of makeup going on on her face. Is nobody going to mention how
0: good the uh, actress that played Janine still looked? She looked great. She, I, yeah, I was, I good. was surprised. I didn't expect to see her. The only person that we didn't get that I was disappointed in was Rick Moranis. Right, I was sad because he's come back and done a couple of little acting things. I was hoping we'd see him as well.
3: So here's a little, here's a little side note. Annie Potts is her name, correct? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Annie Potts, I used to be in love with when I was younger. She was in this really cool movie with one of your guys' boys, uh, Luke Skywalker. It was called uh, Corvette Summer, and it came out in 1977. You guys need to check that movie out. Annie Potts, she plays the prostitute.
2: She um, does you, had the me. you had yeah. me at prostitute. prostitute. I mean, a prostitute you had Corvette. me at Luke
1: Skywalker. Sorry. Uh,
0: yeah, I and- actually... My collection if you want to borrow. I'm going to have to because that's one that I that I have not seen that I wanted to because I remember hearing about it years ago. Mark Hamill yeah. doing some interview talking about doing Corbett Summer. We
1: all, just all, come watch also, might as well. There is a post-credit scene that I did not watch. Yeah,
3: we didn't see the second one.
0: There's apparently. a second one. There's a second post-credit scene. I knew there was going to be. We were doing other things and not paying attention to sit through the entire credits. What happened? Did you look it up, Ian? I did. All right. Enlighten us, because Ian Wells didn't see the whole movie, so you might as well tell us what it was.
1: <laughs> so, either way, Ian Wells is going to be equally a surprised, regardless of what we say tonight. <laughs> I could have told him it was in the actual movie, but I never know the difference.
2: I'm shocked to learn that we even watched Ghostbusters. I didn't even know what I was getting on this podcast for.
1: <laughs> so, the post-credit scene has to do with Ms. Annie Potts and um, Janine And Winston having a conversation back in New York. And I guess uh, Winston is very wealthy at this point and believes he's always been a Ghostbuster. Will be at heart. He brings the Ecto-1 back uh, to his facility, which, by the way, the old firehouse is, is still like a Ghostbusters headquarters. It's not really a Starbucks like Ray claimed it was. And the final shot of the movie reveals the containment unit in the basement of the firehouse blinking red. I don't know if you guys remember what that means, but that means that something is about to burst free and all hell is about to break loose. Yeah.
0: Now I'm disappointed. I might have to go back sometime this weekend and actually sit down and watch the post credit right. scene. That's right. I, mean, I got to go back and watch the whole movie. So frustrated about that <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> I, I, the other the other thing, we were talking about little cameos there, and uh, J.K. Simmons randomly being in this movie. Like, that that threw me for such a loop. At one point, Darren just turned around and looked at me and said, is that J.K. Simmons? Yeah, like, just, just hanging out in the coffin. I definitely missed that part. Oh, then you missed what happened to him. That was <laughs> possibly my favorite part of that movie. When he shows up and tells Gozer that he's prepared everything for her and he's so excited for her to be back and she just straight rips him in half. It was excellent.
2: Oh, which, I, which... I woke up at that part of her ripping somebody in half, but I didn't get to see who it was. <laughs> it was like for a split second.
1: He's like, oh, damn the room, people <laughs> in half with this just Stay to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and he drifted right back into night <laughs> Yep. I'm going gonna, gonna to go back somewhere it's safe. <laughs> that That's the kind of stuff that makes me sleep good. People get ripped right in half. That's the makings of a serial killer. Just want you to know that.
3: Now imagine that. That guy spent all that time mining that stuff out of that town, sending it to New York City, creating that building, having everything in the town named after him, having this glass case down in this little you know, thing that he basically built around that hole and she rips him in half immediately. Love it.
0: I loved it too. Talk about wasting your entire life. Really? What a waste. Yeah. I, I thought that was great. I love Gozer in this. Um, I was really happy that they went back to Gozer. I think that that was all, 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 you know, props to Vigo, but, uh, but Gozer, is the is the goat in my opinion? I loved her, and the callback to "Are you a god?" I really thought Ray was going to say no again.
1: Come on, Ray,
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're all gods.
0: So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the uh, the Ghostbusters. The OGs coming back. Um, I mentioned that I I thought it worked perfectly. Did did it work for everybody? Were you? I thought other, so. Other than just for the nostalgia factor, I thought that. Like, like obviously
1: I, said, I, I wish they were in it more but at the same time at their age i understand why they couldn't be or
0: why they shouldn't be i'm also really glad that it wasn't just phoebe the 12 year old girl magically being able to stop gozer by herself i was really concerned when they all get blown back and she like took on gozer and was holding her own they had like the the you know, the streams connecting in the middle there. And I, I was really concerned that they were gonna have her be the one to, to to stop her. And instead they went a completely different direction that I actually didn't see coming and had Egon's ghost show up there in like a corporeal form and help her. And oh, the I way. did not cry surprisingly enough, but the I did get a through. tear. I did get a tear. So like look, it, it didn't fall. <laughs> What's that, Darren? Go ahead, Ian. I'm
1: sorry. No, you're fine. I'm 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 sorry. Um I thought it was funny they said at the beginning that Egon was having a, a terrible time keeping the power on. Well yeah. Imagine how big his electric bill was. He had four <laughs> fucking silos pumping out all that electricity. I Not mean think
3: about it. in the middle of nowhere, there's gonna be there's no power station in that area. Yeah, oh cool. oh, oh. Uh, I don't even see how they got it there. So uh, I was going to say, though, I think it was, I mean, I looked back at Derek, I think, at one point when it first showed him. And then I, like, quickly looked back up because I didn't want to miss any of it. I didn't want to miss, like, the CGI of it. I wanted to see how far they're they're advancing with, like, face, face technology, you know, because it's, it's getting a lot better. Yeah, And just seeing that, like, just – Proves my point. About five, six years ago, I don't remember what movie I was watching, but it had a CG uh, famous person's face that had passed away, and I was like, you know, it doesn't look great yet, but and everybody's complaining about it. But one day, we're still going to see full, you know, actors or actresses that have been dead for forty years playing mm-hmm. in roles because they've got the technology to to mimic their voices. Now they're getting the technology to mimic their faces and their body and their mannerisms. I mean, it's it's coming. I, I can see like a, a James Dean movie one day, right? You know, that sounds as crazy as it sounds. You know, but I think Was it's it one re- of the
1: Fast and Furious movies.
2: <laughs> yeah, put him in that. Hey, Tupac did a whole performance at Coachella,
1: via a hologram. So. No, I was just saying, like, at the end of uh, one of those fast movies, Paul Walker, they CGI him. Yeah. You can definitely tell, which it wasn't horrible, don't get me wrong, but I mean, like.
3: I don't remember what it was. It might have been, I was thinking maybe the. the, I mean, it's been a while, so it was maybe the original Star Wars that came out, like the the first new one. Oh, it wasn't Carrie Fisher, was it?
0: No, No, they did that that in Rogue One, though. They did uh, Tarkin. So Peter Cushing, yeah. they put they did Peter Cushing's face on. The That's director. probably what it was, yeah. And it was it was good. It wasn't perfect. I I thought perfect. that They were able to cheat with this because he wasn't like a human. He was a ghost, and so they were able to do some of the <laughs> the effects yeah. to make yeah. him look translucent. Um, but I thought it looked great, and I I was surprised they didn't have him speak. But I was really glad they didn't have him speak. Just give him the nods I too, and uh, because they. I can accept the the face being there, but if the voice was off even a little bit, it would have taken me out of that moment. And I wanted to be in that moment for a little longer. Cause I remember when Harold, Harold hair, Jesus, if I could say his name, Harold Ramos passed away. Um, I was, I'm a huge fan of his. And I was, I, I was so happy that they showed him in this in some way. And the fact that they got him to be a part of the movie for a long, like through the entire film, when she first shows up and he starts like playing chess with her and is leading her through the house. I I, w- I thought that was a brilliant way to get Egon into the movie without having to see him. And then yeah. they were able to save that for the end. And I thought it was great. Ian, are you laughing at me for my stammering through Harold Ramis?
1: No, I was laughing because of how you said it. You were just like, yeah, when, when Harold Ramis died, I just loved it, and I was like, wait, what? No, love him. Like, I was a fan I lo- of him. I loved the CGI and how they did I was like, oh, <laughs> this took a turn. <laughs> well,
3: bringing what you just said up, this is kind of the reason I gave it above an eight, because none of the other, like, Ghostbusters movies had this kind of brevity to them. They didn't have, they had comedy and they had action. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly comedy, less action. They didn't have any really horror elements, hardly at all. To me, I mean, right. maybe if I'm younger, they would have been horrific. But to me, it was just it was kind of comedic horror, you know, like the right. like
0: monsters and stuff, really that yeah, scary. like even even the but librarian, which is like the only jump. scary part, was actually funny.
3: Yeah, and this one had jump scares, and it had. Like the the mom looked creepy when she jumped behind the couch or the mm-hmm. chair, and like, and then you had this hugely a moment at the end, and I I thought that brought the brevity to the, I mean it. it you, he Reitman had already gotten the nostalgic feels for all of the people that grew up watching this film because right. he hit every point along the way, gets you prepared for that, and then he hits you in the face with this big nostalgic moment and seeing the little girl crying, you know, yeah. that was, you, that's just it, to me above and beyond what the Ghostbusters movies were before. And I think that's why this one is so much better than the 2016 version. It just brought more to the table, you know, with all its flaws, I still don't understand why the uh, critics hate it. And maybe it's because critics are just snobs and they, you know, they like, like the crap on nostalgia, you know, right. and, and cheap, you know, tears. But, that's what people respond to, and I think reading a lot of the comments that I've read so far, that are just people watching it, they've commented on the nostalgic feel of this movie, and I think that that scene was the best scene of the movie.
1: Yeah, t- I, I did. I did. Go ahead, Ian. I'm sorry, Derek. I, no, it's I okay. Did, go ahead. Uh One little tiny minor gripe: uh, when Phoebe uh, at one point tells, I think it was podcast, that uh, she doesn't she doesn't believe in ghosts. And it just doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, I just believe we're just meat puppets. And then all of a sudden she wakes up and sees the chess piece moving. She's like, All right.
0: I'm like, all right that, was,
1: that was quick. That was real quick. <laughs> it didn't take much convincing at all. No, it She didn't. was like heavily into science. And then she's like, Wait, that chessboard just moved. All right. That must be a ghost. Like, okay. <laughs> like I said, it's not but a big it, gripe.
3: It's a little bit. It, kind of like fit her character just a tad bit though because she did say she had no like she didn't have emotions so it's like right <laughs> yeah instead of being like oh shit she was like oh just okay uh
2: pawn to five <laughs> right. six yeah I think that was more like her scientific mind trying to figure out what the hell was going on.
0: Yeah I think so too but I also think that she's the worst chess player on the planet. Why'd she move yeah. that knight right there? You're gonna take you're gonna sacrifice a knight for a pawn. That's a rookie move. <laughs> seeing how smart it was i mean maybe i don't know but i it that that the nerdiness the the level of nerd rage that i had when she moved that night to take that pawn i I, I
1: thought so too to be honest with you i was just like look i'm not the greatest at chess but (laughs) i wouldn't have done that
0: (laughs) i know stupid but to go back to what darren was saying about the critics Uh, Like I said, on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's sitting at a 63%. So it's not terrible. There are people that like it, but it's a little lower than I think it deserves. But the audience score right now is at 95. Now, granted, it'll go. It'll change. But I do think that one of the problems that the critics are having with this is the fact that it leans so heavily on nostalgia. But I don't think that that's a problem. But for some reason, a lot of them do. I think that they see it as lazy, but I don't think that it is. I think that it's actually very hard to lean on nostalgia and actually pull it off and have it meaningful and actually make you feel something other than just like, oh, yeah, I remember how good the, you I mean, know, the was, Ghostbusters were. 2016 leaned on nostalgia in a few
3: scenes and it did not work. I mean, it just right. it, would, it fell flat. And this the way they wrote this movie, it tied in so well to the original stuff, you know um, and brought a new story out that tied into that story, you know, and that's, that's what I liked about it. Just all around it. It was was a good story. My, my biggest gripe, your biggest gripe was the CGI. My biggest gripe was the, uh, them learning stuff so quickly, you know, I just, that was, you know, he gets his car out and how did he become a mechanic? You know, when he's just seemed like a bratty teenager, they didn't have a dad that was around. So they, right. he was showing him how to
0: work on anything.
3: He hated his sister, but all of a sudden he's a mechanic and starts this car and fixes it up and like I don't know.
0: Yeah, they I had know- one establishing shot of that to try and get you to know when they were on their way at the beginning, it showed them broke down on the side of the road and he was the one working on it. Yeah. So there was one they at least tried to throw that in there. But I think yeah. that I think that what they were doing, they leaned real heavily into the family aspect of it. And while I think that was good, the beginning of the movie leaned so heavily into that and what they were going through as a family and trying to set them or trying to set up Phoebe as like the genius, you know, Egon Spangler part two that they kind of had to gloss over and and jump right into the action. so I, I do agree with you there that that it, it didn't take me out of it. I didn't hate it for it, but no. it was uh, it, it was a little quick. Especially podcast, because podcast was like just able to fix things and just able to do things, which I mean, you know, he's a 12 year old podcaster. So I do think it's funny that as soon as he popped up on screen and was was acting that way, Darren and I kind of looked at each other and we're just like, yeah, that's uh, I don't remember exactly what I said. I said something along the lines of I feel attacked or something or something like that. <laughs> but I did like his character.
2: Oh, yeah, that. That. Uh one subscriber was Dan Ackerman. Right. <laughs> He's like, Yeah, you, you really found your voice around the 46th episode. <laughs> so by this time everybody knows like... that I, I was not awake for the whole movie. So I have a question. Uh I did see Slimer get trapped. Did he ever come back and was he ever called by name?
0: It wasn't Slimer. It wasn't. No, it was the the blue mo- the blue ghost. They called him Muncher. He was eating uh, metal. That was his whole thing. Oh,
2: okay. And yeah, he did come
0: back. It was actually a pretty. It was like a plot point to get their stuff back from the. He,
1: he, he and Wells went to sleep and woke <laughs> up in another movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's how they got their stuff back from the lockup inside of the police station. They were He's able like to open the trap
3: was there like a groundhog and this guy was trying to get the ground <laughs> out while they were playing golf?
1: What? And all of a sudden Bill Murray was in the military and he was there. John Candy was there. and Harold Ramis
0: was there. Yeah. <laughs> Ramis, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Um, all right, it's it's late, and I'm I'm having a hard time coming up with uh, with other things. I really liked this. I I, I want to see it again. I will, because uh, my wife didn't get to go with us, unfortunately. So I'll have to go and check it out again. And uh, I'm sure that I'll be talking more about it somewhere, either on Twitter, or TikTok, or anything like that. Ian's about to fall asleep, so I think we're gonna have to wind this down where we are here. Uh, any last uh, any last thoughts there, Ian? Before we uh, before we wrap up, I think I think we've uh, covered all the bases. Good job, Ian Wells. Anything last you want to say? Uh, no, I you can't get, wait to go watch it again
2: for, for, for the, the first, first time. time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I am can to go back watch up you. in time to see the uh, the finale. Though I got to see all the original Ghostbusters come back, so that was
0: pretty awesome. It was awesome, man. It was so good to see all three of them back. But it did make me good miss dude. Harold Ramos even, uh, even more.
1: Er- Ernie Hudson, man,
0: that man is timeless. He is. Dan Aykroyd yeah. and Bill Murray look terrible. And here's Ernie Hudson with a little gray in his hair. He's yeah, at...
1: still an incredible what shape.
0: One wrinkle in his cheek. That's about it. Hey, he uses Cocoa butter on him daily, like I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I quit. <laughs> oh, my God. Darren, no, there, there anything extra you want to say about this? And, uh, uh, you
1: know, it's true.
0: I
3: thoroughly enjoyed the movie, and this is definitely a movie when it comes out on Blu ray. I'm going to get this for my collection. So,
0: agreed. Uh, you want to plug your podcast before we uh, head out of here? What do you have coming up next? Uh, next we
3: have The Conjuring with Mr. Ian Torrance running the ship and we're going to be talking about the conjuring and we've got some other cool stuff coming up. We hopefully we'll have some merch at a merch store soon. Uh, We have stickers on the way in the mail right now and uh, we'll probably do some Christmas episode stuff coming up. So there you go. The horror, you know,
0: awesome. Everybody go check out the horror, you know, there will be links in the description of this episode to uh, their social media and the podcast itself. It is a fantastic podcast. Uh, the first couple episodes have been great. And like I said, and like Darren said, it uh, it features many, many of the paperweight crew, everyone but me. Once again, I'm going to keep banging that drum until they get me on an Derek, episode. I'm sorry, Derek, there was just no room in the budget for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, we,
1: if we tape one this
3: weekend, you're in.
0: You can jump right on. All right. Well, maybe I'll be on there sometime soon, but like I said, go check out the horror, you know, uh, if you're not following us on social media, please consider doing so. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. um, working on getting us onto YouTube as well. Finally. Um, if you haven't, please rate and review us on Apple podcasts. Uh, I don't believe you can do that on Spotify, but if you're listening on Apple podcasts, rate and review us, it helps us a, a lot and, uh, just keep, keep checking back here. Email us at PaperweightENT. If you have any questions, concerns, or just want to tell Ian Wells that he should be ashamed of himself for falling asleep through 90% of this movie, I'll pass that along to him. And uh, we will be back next week with our episodes on Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon Raccoon City, and also Hawkeye is debuting on Disney+, Plus. so there's a lot of content coming. So keep following us. We'll keep pumping out the content for... Ian Wells, Ian Torrance. For Darren, I have been Derek. This has been the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast, and we will see you next time.
2: Yay!